Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we welcome our new Bowser overlords. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Reggie's Last Day and some potential new features for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And then on Thursday, we're going to be reviewing Labo VR. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm happy that you're here. It's always... Uh, we, we had a, a little thing uh, today um, that echoed uh, last week when you arrived at my door. And I could see you through the window, and you're like, do I knock, or do I just like wave through the window? Mm -hmm. Do I just say hello through the open window? And we haven't worked out a good system for this yet. No, I, uh, you guys are both, you and your girlfriend are both very polite in when I just like creepily well, what do like, you want to lean <laughs> you know, over and just be like, hello. You would expect us to be like, Mark, get out of here. No, 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 no. I mean, you just handle it really well. I think I would jump a little bit. Although I guess it's probably around like 8 o'clock. The time we record this. I don't know why you backed <laughs> off of that. Like, it's secret like it's information. Secret. Mark usually arrives at my house at 8 o'clock. <laughs> so, you know, you probably know it's around that time. We mm -hmm. haven't worked out a great system. No, but I, I think the system that we have is fine. It's awkward, sure. But what about the show isn't? <laughs> Speaking of things that are awkward, you would like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, wouldn't you? But you shouldn't be ashamed. No, because look, it's there's no shame in it. No. You, you get the game for free. Yeah, especially at this point, lots of people have done it before you. Mm -hmm. So you really have nothing to be ashamed of. Right. In, in, at this point, you are joining a club. Exactly. You, you are being included more if you put yourself on this list. You're a sneech with a star. That's right. Or without a star, <laughs> if you think that's the cool one. That's the whole point of it, right? Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, all you got to do is email us your mailing address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. And I send it to you. You send it back. It's great. Um, here's another thing that we need uh, in your emails. Um, we're doing a 250-ish episode spectacular. That's right. Uh, we're not really sure when our 250th episode is. We think it might be a news episode, so we're going to do the episode <laughs> right after right after that. Uh -huh. uh, that's the episode that goes up on May 9th, um, and the whole episode is just going to be us responding to listener questions. That's right. And who's the listener in that? It's you! Absolutely. And if you're like, oh no, that sounds like it could be really boring, you should submit a fun, interesting question for us to respond to that saves this episode. Right, because it very easily could be boring. If people are sending us boring questions, guess what? I'm going to read boring questions. And I'm going to answer them with boring answers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, you can uh, email those to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. And we need those by uh, Sunday, May 5th. That's right, because the episode's going to come out on the 9th. But as you just learned, we record at 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. Not that day. Not that day. <laughs> On a different day. No, just out and proud about the fact that we recorded 8 p.m. Yeah, well... It's a new me. I don't know why you were hiding Hooray, it. Hooray, 8 p.m. Everyone's going to accept you and love you for who you are, Mark. 
so get those to us. Uh, thank you to Isaac, Martin, Jason, Chris, and Andrew for submitting questions already. They're great. I'm not telling Mark what these questions are. That's right. Patrick's going in. He knows exactly what's about to happen. Me, mm-hmm. fresh eyes. That's right. No idea. Can't prepare any answers. That, and meanwhile, I am preparing and researching my answers. <laughs> Um, also, one uh, another thing before we get into the proceedings today, um, we've got a debug. My least favorite part of the show, because it means we were wrong about something. And we're admitting it. Ugh. I'm sure there are many times where we are wrong and we just gloss over it. <laughs> uh, but we, Mark and I, have had this ongoing feud about uh, which one of us is going to hit the friend cap on Nintendo Switch first. That's right, because in all of our show notes, you can find our Switch friend code, and you should absolutely be friending us on Switch. Right, because over the weekend, I got my 101st friend on Which Nintendo we thought Switch. was an impossibility. We thought the cap was 100. Psych, it's 300, which means we've got so far to go. You guys need to get... You need to be mobilized and friend us on Switch. We would love to be maxed out. That's right. Uh, and you can, you know, vote for which one of us is your favorite by friending Mark or Patrick. That's right. Or you can friend both of us because, honestly, that's more fun. Exactly. And don't worry. Either way, feelings will be hurt. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> My feelings are always hurt. Um, I'm like the Hulk at that way. <laughs> uh, all right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Should come as no surprise, Sarah and I spent a lot of time this weekend playing Tetris 99. There was a uh, the second Tetris Maximus Cup, um, which I don't think we touched on this. It w- was treated a little bit differently uh, this time uh, than the first go-around. Yeah, I th- yes, that's right. Right, so the, the original, uh, the, the first uh, Tetris Maximus Cup was uh, just how whoever gets the most, or the 999 people who get the most wins over the course of a weekend um you know get 10 bucks in nintendo money um this time it's uh whoever has the most points um and uh a a first place finish gets you 100 points a second place finish now gets you 50 points a third place is like 30 and then like the rest down to 10 or like 20 whatever and then like it caps out you know somewhere where you're getting like two points if you finish within the top 80 were they totaling these like as the weekend went along yeah, you could so, see it yeah okay. at the end of every match you could see where where your uh, point total was um so that's uh, you know sarah and i over the course of the weekend each got, i think she got two wins and i got one win um but i got uh, a couple second places she got a couple second places and we ended up uh, squeaking out the weekend with just over two thousand points um which is very exciting for us uh i i saw someone tweet that they got 22,000 points, <laughs> but I don't think that's possible. I think they probably got 2,200 points. Oh, for sure. And we're just like, absolutely. We're just, they like were too overjoyed crazy. and just like, yeah. Because 22,000 would mean that you would have to win, get first place 220 times. <laughs> like, that's nuts. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of winning uh, in the Tetris Maximus Cup. Uh, so, when do you guys find out if you got. Uh, 999 Nintendo gold coins. I don't know. (laughs) Well, if you do, can Mm. I have a hundred of them? A hundred gold coins? Yeah. No. (laughs) Fair. That's totally fair. I didn't earn them. Honestly, I don't know how I would transfer (laughs) 100 gold coins to you. I don't, uh, you could just give me a dollar. I think I would just as soon give you a dollar. Yeah. Um, uh, now, uh, 
beyond Tetris 99, I have not really played any games this yeah, week. Yeah, I am ashamed to say that I did not play any games this week. And I'm embarrassed to admit, I just didn't feel like it. Whoa. Well, yeah. former guest Matt Acevedo's got our back because he's been playing a game and he wrote us an email uh, and it says, hey, cart boys, uh, which do not, uh, I do not endorse that uh, nickname. I kind of like it. Cart boys. Yeah. Do you want to know how boys is spelled? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's better in my imagination. All right, good. Uh, <clears throat> Matt says, welcome back, Mark. I just wanted to chime in and recognize some things I absolutely adore about Yoshi's Crafted World. First is the animation during those boss cutscenes. Uh, the, the way it's almost stop-motion-esque with materials that look real blow my mind every single time. Um, so you probably didn't get a chance to see this, Mark, but uh, every time Kamek um, uses his magic to make a boss character... I'm sorry, is Kamek a, a man? I don't know. I just... Uh, Let's Google, is Kamek a man? I've always uh, gendered Kamek as he. Oh, that's interesting. I've always gendered Kamek as she. Um, and are, can there be multiple Kameks? Are they like toads? Well, I mean, they're, they're magic hoopas. Oh, uh-huh. Um, but uh, 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 so I just Googled Kamek gender uh, and uh, gender male. Oh, okay. Um, so is it the hat that's throwing you? Because it's like a witch hat? Uh, no, maybe it's the laugh. Oh, sure. It was kind of like a witch's cackle. Yeah. So there, there's a whole witch thing going on. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, where was... Oh, yeah. So whenever uh, Kamek brin- brings a boss to life, um, the like the frame rate on the thing that it's anima- on that Kamek is animating like drops super low so that it does look like a, a kid is putting together their oh, that's like, stop motion movie. Um, it, it's really, really cool. Uh, Matt goes on to say... Also wanted to point out that my favorite level so far has got to be weighing acorns level in Acorn Forest. The level had my attention with the chilled out fall vibes uh, version of, of the Crafted World theme song and uh, completely got me when you make the bus stop when you make a bus stop for Yoshi and then he waits for a bus uh, while humming the theme song to himself. Super cute. Had to share it with you guys. Definitely my favorite moment. Cheers. P.S. I'm still not afraid of Greg. Uh, I, I yeah, both, me either, for sure. So you're a hundred percent. You're both cowards, and <laughs> you bow down to uh, Greg Smith just like whenever, whenever he asks for it. Um, but yeah, that is a super cute moment. Uh, you know, there are a lot of lots of times in the game where you are collecting, you know, parts for a train or whatever, and then building it. Um, and then Yoshi rides the train. This one, you build a bus stop, and then Yoshi doesn't even ride the bus. The bus just arrives and plows through the obstacle. That's amazing. It's super, super cute all right that's what we've been playing this week let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week so anytime that they're they release new games for the nes uh, nintendo switch online they also release an sp version or at least one sp version great and this past week along with punch out and the other games that came out there was kid icarus sp Mm, what happens in that? So you start at the final level and you're equipped with the three sacred treasures, which is the mirror shield, the arrow of light, and the wings of Pegasus. Um, that's great because the final level of Kid Icarus is super fun and kind of easy. Um, the, the game has like a reverse difficulty curve where the first level is the hardest. Um, and then like they, it kind of mellows out in the middle and then just becomes like a, uh, like a, a shmup at the end. But 
with really easy to dodge projectiles and stuff. It's really fun at the end of that game. Yeah, I'm glad that they are doing this because otherwise, you know, I've never played Kid Icarus all the way through. And so it's just a way for people like me to see the last level of the game, just like how they one of the SP versions was for Dr. Mario and it <laughs> right. gets you to like the what was it like a UFO or something that's at yeah, the end there. It, it it gets you to level 20 on the like hard mode mm-hmm. um and like all but 3 of the viruses have been beaten so like it makes you still finish it um but then yeah the the viruses are like sitting in a tree and a UFO comes by and either like beams them up or they like hop on it and fly away. It's confusing. Yeah, I I mean I almost I almost look forward to the SP level or versions of these games just as much as the new releases. Um it is however a uh a weird substitute for um NES Remix uh which you know is a series of games on Wii U and 3DS that you know took like all of the interesting little slivers from all these NES games and presented them as discrete little challenges um which was a- another great way to have those kind of like final moments in the game um or like just doing the Medusa fight at the end of Kid Icarus um and having it relatively divorced from like you know all the slog boring parts mm-hmm. of the game um man those games are so good the NES remix is the, those are great packages of games. I'd like to see them just on like the Switch eShop or something. Yeah, I don't know why they're not there. On today, April 16th, Final Fantasy X and X2 HD Remastered are released for Switch. Um, does that uh, round out? Or are we still waiting for 12? We're still waiting for the 12, which I can't remember what it's called, like Zodiac, Zodiac Age, Age or something like that. We both thought that was right. <laughs> we said it at the same time. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's correct. There will be no debugging this if we are wrong. But I think that's the that will be the only one outstanding, I think. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Except, all, of course, for those that we have not heard. Like, yeah, sorry, of the ones like that were announced. or 8 or whatever, yeah. yeah. Uh, April 18th, Overcooked 2, the Campfire Cook-Off DLC is released. Man, I got to get back into... Because Overcooked has released a couple different DLC packs, uh, which I think are all free updates. Um, and uh, I have not revisited it, and I love Overcooked. Did you uh, Overcooked two? Did you guys yes. did? Because I know you and Sarah really liked the first one. Did you guys play all through the entirety of the second? Uh, I the entirety in that like you know you reach a point where you're like okay we're gonna stop getting three stars on these things yeah 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 um and then so I'm sure there are like bonus levels or whatever in there that that we have not gotten through because there are there is a level of perfection in these games where uh. It, that aren't fun to achieve and that's you know so uh yeah we we beat it we rolled credits on it but uh i'm sure there's still more there for us to explore also on the 16th uh, or excuse me the 18th cuphead and katana zero are released uh yeah this is a conundrum for me i would like to play both of those games i would like to play both of them too i think i might end up picking up both of them so cuphead has a I can't remember what they call it, but basically it's like an easy mode. Hmm. But part of that is like there's reduced content, just like just some of the levels, and I think some of the bosses just aren't in it. Okay. Um. But I have a feeling that's probably how I would end up experiencing that game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like uh the the kind of difficult game that Cuphead is um is the kind of d- difficult game that I can get into. Mm-hmm. So I. It's also just so visually appealing. Totally. So, interested in picking that up. Katana Zero um, being published by Yacht Club Games, right? No. 
Uh, oh, I thought it was the... No, Katana Zero is the one... Now, here, I understand what happened here, because Mark was not on the episode when we discussed the uh, Nindies, the March Nindies Direct. That's right. Um, that was Mike Delaney. Thanks, Mike, for uh, helping me out with that. Um, but Katana Zero is the, the game... I don't know who published it, but it's not Yacht Club. Um, and it is the game where you are uh, like a samurai or ninja or something, and you are... The like conceit of the game is that instead of like dying, you're playing out like a hypothetical version of like your run through of the level. Uh, um, and so like the last one, the one where you actually succeed, is like the real one. Um, and everything is a one hit kill. Um, you die in one hit. All the enemies die in one hit. And you go to like therapy at some point. Yes, oh, that's okay, right. You okay. do therapy. You do drugs. Um, it looks like a, a trippy good time. And then on oh I guess oh. I wanted to point out on April 19th, there's a indie game called You Died, But a Necromancer Revived You. That is actually very, very similar to that. It's like oh. one hit kills. Yours, there's various levels. Uh, in this game, they're procedurally generated. But then, of course, every time you die, a necromancer just brings you back for you to do it again until you succeed. Man, necromancers, why can't you just let a body be? It's a great name, though. Yeah, it really is funny. <laughs> All right, let's get out of the new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, uh, our topic today... Is we are going to talk about the last time we peed our pants. Um, so I don't know that I remember the last time I peed my pants, and this is not going to be a cop out. It's not that's because I understand this is an embarrassing topic, mm -hmm. right? Um, I can tell you the last time I pooped in my pants. Okay, that's does, fair. Does that help? Yeah, it does. It does help. <laughs> this is me offering a, a, a concession. Um, after I graduated from college, I uh, stayed on working as a hall director. So, like, I lived in, in the dorm, um, and uh, there were days that I had to go into um, my sort of, like, part-time job, like, elsewhere on campus, and days when I had no, no other responsibilities. This was one of those days, um, and, I mean, it was it was one of those, like, weird isolating days where, like, you sleep until 11, and then you're like, oh, I got to like feed my body or something mm -hmm. um and so i drove to taco bell and uh bought taco bell and brought it back with me in in the car um and on my way back uh i was like oh god i'm i am not feeling great and then just driving my car i pooped my pants not like a lot but like a little bit, I just pooped my pants in my car. And then I got, got to my parking space. Luckily, I had my own parking space. It was really close to the building. But then I was like, okay, um, I got to wait a little bit because like, you know, it was like nearing the end of lunchtime. Mm -hmm. So maybe I even slept later than 11. Um, but it was like nearing the end of lunchtime. So people were still like around, like hadn't gone off to like their afternoon classes yet. Yeah. So I just sort of waited in my car for like probably 10 minutes longer than I should have. With poop in my pants. <laughs> and then everyone was off doing whatever they were doing. And then I sprinted the, into the building and uh -huh. uh, changed my clothes. Yeah. Um, Taco Bell will never be a sponsor of this show, but that's fine. 
Here's the thing. I hadn't even gotten around to eating the Taco Bell. Oh, it was not. It I was, went, I went was... there. I picked it up. And then it happened on my way home. It so was Taco Bell adjacent. Cannot blame Taco Bell. <laughs> That's a, a color detail only. <laughs> okay, so the last time I peed my pants was high school, which is way too like long to be peeing, like way too old to be peeing your pants because there's no excuse for it. Right. Right? Like uh, you can just leave whatever you're doing right. and go use the bathroom. Uh, it was during P.E., so you have to like, uh, what do they call it? Like dressing out or whatever. So like, we put on like, uh, everybody wore the same like color shorts mm-hmm. and t-shirt, and we we were doing to t- avoid gang colors. Yes, <laughs> and you know to show school pride. Right, of course. And uh, <laughs> and so and we were playing tennis, and the tennis courts were very far away from like the locker room, but also from just like the rest of the school. Yeah. So there just wasn't very much out there. And we were playing tennis, and it was, like, doubles. And I was just out on the court. There were lots of courts, so everybody was playing. And uh, I don't know. I wish I understood the circumstances as to why I did not just excuse myself. Yeah. When my body was like, hey, man, you have to go use the bathroom. Did you think that, like, you you wouldn't be allowed to go? Or I don't think so. I can't, I can't imagine a scenario where that would have been the case. So... Oh, oh no, we will never know. Well, we will never know the end of that story. We'll never know. Uh, we were accompanied today by the music group of uh, EBU Your Radio. All right, great, uh, Mark. Let's get into the news. And hey, if you want to know the end of that story, why not ask me in um, our question and answer session? Why not, ask Mark? Yesterday, April 15th, was officially Reggie's last day as president of Nintendo of America. We are, of course, referring here to Reggie Fizeme, who has been in the role for... About 15 years, I yeah, think. Something like that. Um, he also joined Twitter yesterday, which seems like a huge mistake. Everybody should be getting off of Twitter. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. We're <laughs> all going to get on Twitter, make each other miserable. <laughs> uh... He somehow has the handle at Reggie, which is such a cool move. Yeah. Just at Reggie. Uh-huh. Which, but it does beg the question, like, how does he have that handle? Do you think that he was an early adopter of Twitter, and so he got the handle at Reggie and has just been sitting on it all like, these years? Or, like, some Nintendo fan snatched it up. And then, you know, early when uh, Nintendo fir- first started and then, like, gifted it to him as, like, a retirement gift. Mm, that would be nice. Or he was, like, determined right, and he to just, have Ad Reggie and he just paid whoever right, had the, it before. The, like, $10,000 to get it or something. Right, yeah. Is that how much it would cost, do you think? I think for Ad Reggie, it'd probably be about, like, $10,000. Yeah. If you sat, if you're sitting on, I don't know what an example would be, like, do you think you could get at Nike, or do you think, like, Twitter would just take it away from you? I mean, on, on what grounds? Like, if you had it, d- does Twitter just, like, take stuff away? I, I feel like they could, right? It's a private platform. They could do whatever they oh, wanted. Th- they certainly could. And there are lots of things that Twitter should be doing, <laughs> but they refuse. <laughs> right. Because they secret- secretly like white supremacists, <laughs> which has nothing to do with Reggie. <laughs> That's right. That's right. To be very clear. 
Uh, so yeah, I I don't I don't know uh, I don't know what what happened there, but I I like the way that he announced himself, mm-hmm. um, which is like a, a little doll that looked like Reggie holding a post-it note that said at, at Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> it's just really cool. Yeah, and this of course means that the pr- new president of Nintendo is Doug Bowser. Mm-hmm. So we welcome Bowser. Yep, as our new Lord and Master. Look, we uh, can read which way the wind is blowing, and uh, we are shifting our allegiances to Bowser. Uh, Switch exclusive, no more. Ah! Square Enix has confirmed that Octopath Traveler is coming to Steam on June seventh. Uh, this makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. There is nothing about Octopath Traveler that required it to be on Switch. Um, other than Nintendo was throwing some money at them and saying, hey, develop something for this little platform. Um, and I think it the game works well as a portable experience, but it's by no means, you don't need it to be a portable experience. Yeah, I think it's interesting that it is a, uh, appears to continue to be a Switch like console exclusive. So mm. it's not coming to PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, you mentioned that Nintendo like threw some money at them to develop this game. I actually wonder if, it wasn't like the development that they funded, but they just agreed to like because they Nintendo published it in the West. Sure. And so I wonder if that is the reason why it continues to be a Switch exclusive a, a on console exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder. I mean, it's also just like you know, Square Enix. They're not really in the business of making exclusives. Yeah, not anymore. Um, like they they were for a, a little bit, but that's kind of just because like their relationships were in Japan, right? And so they were putting out a lot of stuff first on Nintendo platforms. And then when Nintendo couldn't physically carry their games because they needed way too much music and whatever, um, that they moved over to Sony. I mean, it almost seems crazy now, but remember like Final Fantasy 15 being on Xbox at the same time that it was on PS4 was like a crazy huge deal. And Kingdom Hearts, I guess was also uh like a, a big deal yeah and like metal gear solid 5 launched on all platforms like we've kind of moved past that yeah sure i mean metal gear solid 5 being a, a konami game right yes right. sorry but right but still it, it, like sort of in the same that these are uh games and brands that we associate with playstation kind of because that was the only game in town for a little bit and then the games just sort of stayed there mm-hmm. for one reason or another also on june 7th the game is getting a patch that adds support for simplified Chinese and traditional Chinese. And I wonder if that's also one of the reasons why it's being put on PC is because um, more and more game developers are trying to enter the, like, Chinese market. Yeah. No, that makes tons of sense. And, you know, they don't own a lot of Switches, but uh, because they're not officially sold. Like, Nintendo doesn't have an official presence in China, but Mm -hmm. a lot of people have gaming PCs. That that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, it's all. It's been almost a year since the game first released, but Mario Tennis Aces was just updated to version three and got like a couple of new game modes. Mm. Uh, I guess one game mode, two variations on it. But the weirdest part of the three update to me is that it has a new opening cinematic for the story mode. After all this time, and w- huh? <laughs> so it. So uh, if I were to see this, to see this opening cinematic, do I need to like? delete my save and start again uh i guess maybe because it kicks off the whole story uh which is like wario and waluigi down in a mine and they find some like magic tennis racket sure and i think i have a vague memory of this that before this was all just basically told with like uh talking heads in text right 
to be like, oh, those like big meanies. Yeah, that, stole that the... sounds right. It has been, as you say, like a year since mm-hmm. I, I played this game. So I, I don't really remember. There's also a new game mode called Ring Shot. Uh, during a match, you're tasked with hitting the tennis ball through rings that appear on the screen. And there's also a co-op version of Ring Shot, which can be played either competitively or cooperatively. So, but it's just like a, a regular match and there were also rings? Yeah, that's what it, it appears to be. Okay. And then from now until June 1st, there's a special online co-op version called Yoshi's Ring Shot, where every player is a different colored Yoshi and hitting a ball through a ring of your own color gives you like quadruple the points that you would normally earn. Oh boy. That sounds like a lot to track. It also just sounds really hard because I don't remember me being especially good at aiming, <laughs> you know, like yeah, when I was sure, playing Mario sure, Tennis Aces sure. with much precision. So I mean, there was a period where I got good at that game. You must have because you like made it through the story mode. I did which is, make it all the way like, through the story mode. Yeah. Um, in all of its weird difficulty spikes. So there was a, there was a period where I understood that game. Um, but it has been so long that I can't even remember the opening cinematic. Uh, well, there wasn't one. So, oh, Well, there you go. <laughs> Speaking of games being updated to version 3.0, we're all waiting to find out what Super Smash Bros. Ultimate 3.0 update will include and when it's being released. Uh, but Nintendo might have accidentally revealed a new feature early in a new commercial for the game. You can see the UI for the like games and more section. Uh-huh. And there's a new... Uh, like icon for that says stage builder. What do you think that does? Uh, I I wouldn't dare hazard a guess with uh, such a obtuse name like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we can imagine that it allows you to build a stage mm-hmm. only because I think previous Super Smash Brothers game have had this feature. Yeah, three and four, uh-huh. uh, or at least the Wii U version of of uh, Smash Four. I've never played or even seen a well constructed fan level. I feel like it's like Super uh, Mario Maker, where most of the time they're just like really way too hard. No, it's way worse than Super Mario Maker. Because <laughs> um, Super Mario Maker, like you, there is at least like the potential to make a level that uh, makes sense or that is fun. Um, the only way a Smash, uh, like, user-generated level is fun is if it's terrible. Um, my buddy Taylor and, uh, our, our friend Nick Stahl made a level in Smash, uh, Melee that, wait, Brawl? The Wii one? Brawl. Brawl, yes. Um, that, uh, was just a, was just, like, a, a small box with spikes on the ceiling and, like, two little holes that you could get out. Um, And so you could battle on the ceiling, but, like, if you got up there and, like, got away from the spikes and then everywhere else was spikes. (laughs) Um, So it was just, like, a a terrible room where, like, uh, when you got low health, you just got into the room, and then anytime you got hit, you got bounced around forever but never died. (laughs) Um, It was a nightmare room. And I I tried making some levels in uh, Smash 4 on, on Wii U, and, like... I don't know. It's I, I I don't have a good handle on what makes an interesting smash level. Yeah, I feel like that's the the problem because uh we can kind of intuit what makes a fun Mario level. Totally. Um it is a little more difficult to build a smash level. I had constructed a very similar one except without instead of spikes. Mine was much more boring. It was just that there was a platform up top but it was very 
there wasn't a lot of platform. Ah. And then you fell down into what was basically just like a very long cylinder yeah. that was flat at the bottom. So once you like made it to the bottom, there was no way for you to get out. And so you were just fighting on a fat, flat plane yeah. in like very confined quarters. Well, and like, you know, it, which is weird, right? Like that, that, that is a weird experience to put someone through. And not fun. No, and not fun at all. And I, like honestly, I think the best Smash levels are those that kind of just disappear, mm-hmm. right? Like that you don't, that like the shape of them doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, the, the other thing about the uh, uh, Smash uh, stage builder is that they all look super generic. Like, there, it's going to be like spacey or like uh, you know grass fieldy or like th- that's basically it. And there's going to be like lava in weird places and spikes that don't make sense. Um, like they just what's fun about a Smash level is that it looks like a different video game, and this is never going to look like a different video game. But anyways, hopefully it's fun. Oh uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be there. Hopefully it works well. Uh, and ho- also hopefully we'll hear more soon because we were originally told that the update should arrive before like the end of April that we would like stay tuned to hear about it soon. And that was in the direct that yeah. happened in February, right? That's right. Um, but it is literally the only thing that they said was that the update would be coming uh, by before the end of April um, and that we should stay tuned for more details. And I mean, the end of April is not that far away at this no. point. And also a couple of weeks back, we reported that like on Best Buy's website, for um the downloadable DLC Phantom character from Persona 5 they it used to say like coming April or something and now right. it just says coming soon or something like that yeah and so yeah maybe we're for, missing the for, for Joker right oh i'm sorry for Joker i said yeah. Phantom but you for said, Joker yeah you said Phantom and i was like i didn't i didn't know if that was like Oh, are we calling the characters we don't know yet Phantom characters? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. It was just me making a mistake. One that we would have just glossed over. Yep, had I not dragged us back into it. <laughs> this does not count as a debug, by yeah, the way. Yeah, exactly. The, those only happen at the top of the show. That's right. Um, another update, uh, Switch firmware 8.0 is live and includes some new player icons from Splatoon 2 and Yoshi's Crafted World, a new sort software feature, um, and the ability to move save data between Switch consoles VR parental controls, which is interesting, and a zoom feature in addition to some other stuff. Uh, so big deals on this. Uh, sort software, it's the first time you've been able to rearrange any of the icons on like your homepage. Uh, the first like customizable anything. We don't, it's not folders yet. And I'm not, I haven't actually gone in to mess with it. I think it's just you have like a couple different options like to sort a to Z, by yeah. last played or publisher or uh, most played or you know that that kind of stuff um it still doesn't have like the the full suite like both Wii U and 3DS you can you can have like folders and organized stuff um but you know i guess that's just not <laughs> a feature on the switch just it also yet. seems like the ability to move save data between switches is a big deal potentially maybe yeah and i would also say that that is uh getting ready mm. for the inevitable uh switch hardware revision that makes total sense because people are totally going to people who own switches are going to get either the uh you know like newer more powerful version or the uh sleeker more handheld one um and like pass their old switch on to somebody else um, so we're going to see a lot of upgrading. So that save data needs to be able to move. And I think that's what this is uh, in anticipation of. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. 
Last week we reported that GameStop's listing for the physical edition of <laughs> Wolfenstein Young Bloods on Switch wouldn't actually include a game cart, but uh, inside the box would just be a code to download the game on the eShop. Mm-hmm. Last week, uh, Bethesda, or later that week, Bethesda confirmed that it that's true. And it's not just uh, GameStop's version of the game. Nope. There just is no like game cart version of Wolfenstein Youngbloods for Switch. Just the world we live in. Um, Mark, over the weekend, you and I were uh, texting a little bit about Star Wars, uh, pursuant to our next story, uh, but also pursuant to this conversation. Um, and we're, I was like, you know what? I'm going to download uh, Battlefront 2 um, again, because I, I had either purchased it or gotten it for free or something. Um, and so I downloaded it today during the day. And, you know, it took like half an hour or whatever to download it. Um, and then I was like, oh, cool. I'll pop in and, and uh, play a little bit. The game takes me to a screen where it says uh, downloading game. Do you want to play like an arcade match while you're waiting? And I was like, oh, okay. so I downloaded the game, but the game's not here. Like what I downloaded is basically the game downloader. Oh, like the shell, like a yeah. launcher, basically. Like a launcher, yeah. Uh, and then it continued to download for like the next two hours. Oh, gross. Uh, so, and I got pretty good download speed uh, at my house. It just took forever. So, you know, if you're looking for Wolfenstein Youngbloods, uh, maybe that will also yeah, that's take tanks. forever. Uh, Skywalker Sound's supervising sound editor and sound designer, Matt Wood, may have accidentally leaked the existence of a new Lego Star Wars game this weekend at Star Wars Celebration. In an interview with Eurogamer, he said, quote, so many things we're doing right now. We've got Resistance going, Star- Clone Wars going, we've got Mandalorian happening, of course, Episode Nine happening, there's the Lego Star Wars game we're working on. What? Uh, this is notably the first Lego Star Wars game since the surprisingly good Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens in 2016, which had a really good version on Wii U. I wouldn't know. Uh, Patrick I, I actually wrote, that, wrote that it was um, a, a surprisingly excellent Lego Star Wars game. It's I didn't feel like very I, I, good. I just didn't feel like I could say that having not played it. I did. Anytime I put any editorializing in the news, Mark backs down from reading it, <laughs> uh, which is fair because there, I will go on record saying it is a surprisingly excellent um, Lego game. Um, it just like it had a lot of fun and like kind of interesting sections that are less or that are uh, not just the kind of like Lego formula of like beat up the thing, collect all the bits, mm-hmm. um, like lots of cool like uh, levels where you had to like provide cover for the other character. Um, it was like built around the two player functionality instead of uh, sort of like allowing it. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see an- another one of these. Uh, the you know, uh, Force Awakens was several star wars movies ago at this point there wasn't a rogue one game there wasn't a last jedi game there wasn't a solo game um but uh this is gonna be something new yeah uh and here's an excerpt from Eurogamers news editors Eurogamers news editor tom phillips piece uh he says quote excitingly i've heard this next game is more than just an adaptation of the saga's remaining two episodes the last jedi and the rise of skywalker while those episodes will be included, the project is designed to tell the story of the entire saga, and I've heard it described as the, quote, ultimate Lego Star Wars game. Expect to see it announced later this year. Cool. I'm, I'm on board for all of that. Uh, 
Last week, we also talked about Labo VR support coming to Super Mario Odyssey. And previously, we knew about some coin and like the music note collecting mini games. Mm-hmm. But Nintendo has also revealed a theater mode where you can watch the game's cutscenes in VR. Weird. Mm-hmm. So you can, like, I guess, see Bowser kidnapping Peach, but then also turn around to look at nothing? Uh, or maybe some cowering toads? Is that what happens? <laughs> can you also watch Bowser and uh, Mario propose to the princess at the same time? Ye- or, like, back-to-back? We'll see now. You know, you had forgotten the opening cutscene to yeah. Super Mario Aces. I clearly have totally forgotten what happens in Super Mario Odyssey. Are they both proposing at the beginning? Oh no, this is the end. I'm spoiling Super <laughs> Mario Odyssey right now. No, that's just one thing that happens is they both propose to her. It's very cute. Um, but yes, presumably yes. Uh, why? I don't know. Okay. I mean, I guess, I guess, like, I will potentially try it out. I'm curious to know what's happening. Like, uh, if you look the opposite direction, yeah. How much? How much like range of mobility are are, are we gonna have here? Right. Or are you just gonna reach a a place where it's just like, nope, there's blackness over here. Yeah, that would stink. Um, but um, who knows? Why not do this with like the uh the memories in uh Breath of the Wild? Other than it would be super hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, and I also. <laughs> I mean, that's a good reason. I think I answered my That's a great reason. I guess also maybe the memories are more, like, you have to go out of your way to find them. I don't know if, like, theater mode is just going to be unlocked from the beginning. So you could just see Mm -hmm. all of the... I I have no idea. A lot of mysteries here. (laughs) A A lot of unanswered questions. Well, here's an answer for you. VR support for both Super Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild are is coming on April 25th. And we're going to be talking about Labo VR on Thursday. Right. Just in time to not have that content available yet to talk about. Finally, uh, the director of cult classic, uh, I don't uh, fair to say, maybe, uh, NES Nintendo commercial, The Wizard. <laughs> it is unfair to just call it a Nintendo commercial. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Um, it's a movie. It's a movie from... Do you want to give the rundown on what The Wizard is real fast? Uh, the Wizard is a... What year did The Wizard come out? 91? Mm, yeah, I think it's early 90s. Er, an early 90s movie starring Fred Savage and Jenny, Jenny Lewis, Lewis uh, uh, where um, Fred Savage and his little brother travel across the country so that uh, Jimmy, the little brother, can play in a video game tournament. He's a, a video game wizard. Um, and He's the wizard. He is the, the titular wizard. Um, and they travel all the way to California. They participate in this tournament. And the final game is Super Mario Brothers 3, which was the, uh, you know, like USA premiere of this game. It's the first time we saw it. Everyone went nuts. Uh, and it successfully sold a million <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 3s. Yeah. And so for kids of a certain age, mostly uh, ours, our, age, our ages, <laughs> um, the wizard holds a very special place in your heart. And we did an episode about the wizard mm-hmm. a few years back with a uh, friend of the show, Ryan Mogi. That's right. And uh, okay, so the website Arcade Attack had an interview with the director of the film, Todd Holland. And in the movie, a big deal is made out of the power glove, which was an accessory for the NES where like you would put it onto your arm and then presumably you could control games that way instead of having to use a controller. It is crazy to hear you describe the power glove 
Like it's a thing you've never touched. Have you ever touched a power glove? I've never touched a power glove. My buddy Pete had the power glove. It uh, was not fun. It had too many buttons on it. <laughs> there was like a keyboard on the back of it. And it well, in the movie, like kind of like the villain yeah. of the movie. I mean, the real villain of the movie is family strife. Uh, family yeah. not togetherness. I mean, also, not understanding children. Maybe just uh, also like the collapse of uh, consumer culture and capitalism, <laughs> right? Cause, like Jenny Lewis's home life is sad. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there are a lot of bad guys in that movie. Um, but one of them owns a power glove. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's made a very big deal of. And Holland was asked if Nintendo insisted on a scene that featured the accessory. To which Holland says, quote, no, but the power glove was big news, and it was a no-brainer to put it into the spotlight, especially to empower our slick villain Lucas, and put over heroes uh, at a disad- put our heroes at a disadvantage to his greater skill, knowledge, and experience. Nintendo Nintendo never told us what scene to put the power glove in, but they did send a power glove rep to the set to watch over it, because it was very top secret, and to make sure we presented it in a respectful, proper light. Respectful is an interesting way uh, to describe the treatment that that thing got. I mean, it is very, like, lovingly oh, yeah. shown off. No, it's reverential for sure. Like, they, Lucas keeps it in, like, a case, mm-hmm. um, like a special briefcase that is hollowed out on the inside in the shape of, like, a big weird glove. <laughs> uh, like the same thing that, like, Thanos carries around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, Lucas famously says uh, the, he loves the power glove. It's so bad. Um which I guess was the coolest thing that you could say in 1991. Memorable, if nothing else. (laughs) All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. All of that helps us out tremendously, uh, helping us out even more tremendously. You could share this episode on Facebook or Twitter or tell someone about it, Uh, even just one person. This is something uh, Kelly Nugent and I were talking about recently. If you tell just one person about this show, uh, we love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then they'll tell one person, and then they'll tell one person. And everybody mails us one dollar. Well, uh, we'll get to the dollar <laughs> thing in a second. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, Hail Bowser! And thanks for listening.